Welcome, and thank you for listening to Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker by writer and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth, and we're here to talk about the latest Kickstarter from Ron Randall. Ron has already had three successful Kickstarter campaigns bringing us brand new adventures including Chapel Town, The Dark Star Zephyr, and Battlefields, as well as a fourth campaign that brought back all of the original stories published by Dark Horse in a full-color hardcover edition. The next campaign brings us a brand new trade paperback collection for 2020 called Hunter's Moon. And the best person to tell us all about the new campaign is Ron Randall himself. Welcome back to Trekker Talk, Ron. Thanks, guys. It's great to see you and to hear you again. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Well, Ron, I know you've used Kickstarter already to bring us three brand new trade paperbacks in the past, and then that glorious hardcover collection of all the early stories from Dark Horse that have been out of print, and you've added all new colors to those stories since most of them were printed in black and white originally. So that's been a lot of thrilling news for all of us Trekker fans. So what can we expect in this next exciting new book? Well, um, I guess I'd, I'd hope that it's it's the right blend or balance of something familiar and also something new. That, that is to say, I, you know, I try to have a certain set of ingredients into every Trekker story. They're action adventure, science fiction stories. I want there to be thrills and spills and just good excitement, you know, passion and tension and all that stuff. And I hope that all that is there in the new story. At the same time, each each story in Trekker, because of the overall concept of the series, I, I have a lot of room to roam within this world or this universe. And so I really try to have the stories, you know, have different settings, different environments, different sort of atmospheres, and to a certain extent, almost different genres in each story or, or, or sub-hyphens genres, you know, like, you know, sci-fi noir, sci-fi western, that sort of stuff. Battlefields, the last of the original stories, new stories I told, was essentially a kind of a war story. I mean, it was sort of my, a bit of a tip of the hat to Joe Kubert and Sergeant Rock and, and those, mm. those sort of comics. And Hunter's Moon is a completely different animal entirely. Um, it's, uh, it's sort of uh, a tip of a hat partially to another Kubert uh, comics project, Joe, obviously a big influence on me, and that was his Tarzan work. Uh-huh. Um, because Hunter's Moon, uh, if, if I've done my job right, it, it, it's going to feel like the most sort of primal, sort of savage, sort of tooth and claw, raw, stripped down to the bones uh, story yet. It's, it's a cross between sort of a Tarzan thing, and, and, but there's also, there's a monster, there's a creature in this thing. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's going to have it is some of that sort of suspense monster, and just in time for Halloween, right? I mean, it's, it's, uh, it turns out that this story fell at a good spot in the calendar year because uh, the campaign will run right up until just a few days before Halloween. So I'm hoping for something of a, a creepier, more unsettled atmosphere in this one that, as opposed to more a straight ahead sci-fi or a, you know, hard hitting uh, war story. So like I said, it's fun for me to just sort of try to shift the gears up with each story a little bit. And at the same time, try to ratchet the, uh, the tension and the stakes up for Mercy and her, and her cast of characters. So that's what I'm shooting for. <laughs> Wow. I'm really excited about this, Ron. I'm just hearing this for the first time. And I'm, I know I, I follow you on Patreon. So I've seen the first few pages that have come out, you know, one week at a time. But I'm really excited to know what's coming. Uh, coincidentally, I just reread Joe Kubert's entire Tarzan run really? last year. I think it was. Yeah, last year. So that's exciting. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, and Ruth and I love uh, gothic horror. It's sort of like our favorite genre of horror. And this, we've been watching Hammer horror movies recently, so this is all just really exciting sounding. <laughs> Do you agree, Ruth? <laughs> I agree. I'm looking forward to it. Well, I know, Ron, you're mentioning about the timing of this one, and it's interesting. I know I have to applaud you because every single one of your first three Kickstarter campaigns came out exactly on time when you said that it would be delivered. And this, the complete journey is you're actually right in the middle of sort of getting it shipped out. I know you've been keeping all your fans informed, which is honestly only one month later than you expected. And that's Mm -hmm. having worked through this entire pandemic. So tell us a little (laughs) bit about, you know, the timing of the shipment of the complete journey volume one, along with the timing of the launch of this new Kickstarter. Yeah, the uh, the first few Kickstarter campaigns went very smoothly, almost like clockwork. And then for the fourth one, because it's a somewhat bigger scaled project, I tried to anticipate and build in more more of a cushion for that. And as you mentioned, COVID hitting did prolong things more than I'd uh, been able to anticipate. So I feel pretty fortunate that it only caused uh, about a month month of delay before the books get to readers' hands. It did mean that, unfortunately, um, I, I had to do something I, I didn't want to do, and that's have that campaign come so close, you know, lead right into pretty much or almost overlap with uh, getting the Hunter's Moon ca- campaign started. I, I really wanted readers to be able to get the book, have it um, sort of savor it for a little while before I started um, ramping up the new campaign. But schedule, the schedule being what it is, I, I was locked in to get the Hunter's Moon campaign running before this year was over. And in any practical terms, that means running the campaign before the holiday season hits, because it's just, you know, notoriously challenging to try to run a successful Kickstarter when you're dealing with the distractions <laughs> that the holidays have. So that's sort of sort of locked in a pretty solid time frame for that campaign. So there's, so, so I don't want the backers to feel like overwhelmed, you know, they they it's not two campaigns running at once, although it's pretty close to it, but uh, hopefully we won't have any further delays coming up in the rest of the time for the rest of the time. Well, I mean, I do still just have to applaud you though. I mean, you know, we've supported many Kickstarter campaigns and you're, you're going to be one month late with what we've all just gone through. So you still deserve a pat on the back for that because that shows how well you had planned out and scheduled that campaign because it could have been significantly impacted. And you're just talking about, one month. That's all. So congratulations. That's right. Thank you. And I know, you know, frankly, one thing that I have going for me that a lot of campaigns don't have is that uh, when I hit the launch button on a campaign, my books are done. (laughs) Um, Other than other than some of the extra content and a few special pages and stuff, the stories are all completed before I launch. So I know it's, it's just really hard to run a campaign to raise the funds to make the book and then have to do all the all the labor of writing and drawing the stories. It takes months. Yes. <laughs> and I've just been fortunate to be in a position to be able to be in pretty good shape before I get him started. So that's definitely been a plus. Oh, fabulous. I admire your timetable for that. It's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask, in addition to the main story, will we be getting another backup story in Hunter's Moon? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, the backup stories I find really fun you know the main story is uh, is always meant to be a, a big sort of action-packed adventure and uh, full of all the stuff that i want all of my main stories to have but the backup stories i like to use those to be little accent pieces they they don't usually have the sort of explosions and the swashbuckling stuff going on but uh, you i i try to use them to wait as ways to just expand on the characters and just broaden the world and the tone of things a little bit 
in this particular story, in the main story, this is just a minor spoiler, I suppose. In the main story, there's a brief scene in the middle of the book where Mercy and Molly, Molly asks Mercy if she remembers the first time they met. And Mercy oh. does. So we have a little brief uh, reference to that there. But we're in the middle of a big story with monsters and stuff going on. So we don't have time to, you know, to detour into that too much. So the backup story is an opportunity um, that for, for, for different reasons, Mercy is uh, reflecting back on how she began this journey as a trekker. And so we have a, a story that recounts her very first adventure, including when she first met Molly. In a way, it's sort of filling in uh, a little gap in Mercy's personal history that we we got her childhood sort of in the um, sins of the father story. And, and then we skip ahead to when she's already, you know, rolling as a bounty hunter and she's pretty established. So this is when she's first, this is like Mercy's first case. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. going to be wonderful. It I'm really, really looking forward to that. <laughs> it's also going to be, it's also going to be an opportunity for uh, uh, the backup stories of where I can sometimes draw some of my readers into the book if they if they pledge at a high level so this would be a case where that to happen as well but i you know i'm looking i'm looking forward to to sort of sharing that pretty key moment from mercy's past with readers because you know how it is in your in your life sometimes something really big will happen to you and you don't know at the time how big it was it's only years later you say wow that chance meeting changed everything or whatever so um this is kind of way to 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 go back and explore that with mercy and molly Wow. That, that's fabulous, Ron. I'm really excited. I was already excited. Now I'm more excited. <laughs> Looking forward to it. Well, in addition to the book itself, which we've already heard a, a few little teasers about the, the main story and the backup story, but in addition to the book itself, tell us about some of the other rewards that will be available during this campaign. Right. Um, for pretty much every campaign, it's sort of become traditional now for me to to do a new original watercolor drawing, um, usually a portrait of mercy that I do you know, especially for and exclusively for that campaign. So everybody that backs this campaign will will get uh, this ex- a print, an exclusive watercolor print, made and generated just for this campaign. Every every backer gets that automatically. Other rewards that you can get are uh, everything from having a little quick sketch of Mercy drawn into the book and have it autographed to um, maybe to me the most important one is a chance to get any or all of the previous issues that have come out um, for, for anybody who, if they're the first deciding to jump into Trekker now and they want to get all the back issues, you can get them all in one big catch-up bundle, or you can also sort of a la carte add any copies of the previous books. It's important to me that readers always be able to get the whole journey. And then on top of that, there are, there are commission levels where you can get a, a watercolor commission of a character of choice or a, a, just a black and white ink washed character a commission. And then uh, the level I call the big game hunter level is the one where you can be, again, drawn into that special story uh, and appear in the comic. Uh, at another lower level, you can just have a name that can appear uh, in the comic, either a minor character's name, you, you can have the name, or maybe it would be a, appear on a sign or something like that. So sneaking in some names. <laughs> those, are limited, those are limited numbers of those rewards, so anybody who's interested in those should sort of jump on them pretty quick. But uh, enough rewards. I try to keep it so it's kind of fun and there's some variety, but not overwhelm people with tons and tons of options. And not, frankly, not overwhelm me with having <laughs> you spend a lot of time on the fulfillment end by having to sort of produce a lot of different items. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly here to write and draw and tell the Trekker stories. And I want the campaigns to be fun and successful. 
but I don't want to turn myself into a, a big, you know, a, a little cottage industry of manufacturing <laughs> of all sorts of memorabilia. So I try to hit the balance. <laughs> well, you hit the balance well. <laughs> You've spent many months revisiting the early Trekker stories for the Complete Journey Volume 1 that we were just talking about that collection. So let me ask, what has been the most satisfying about getting back to a new Trekker story? Um, wow. The most satisfying thing is just that well, I mean, it really was a lot of a, a lot of fun to go back, and also humbling <laughs> to go back and look at those earlier stories. Because, of course, in artists, we always see the warts <laughs> in our own work. But it was really fun. But at the same time, I'm a storyteller, and and I want to tell the next story, uh, and I want you know I, I've got a lot of, to me, exciting things in store for Mercy. And I know what's going to be developing and, and I'm, I'm enjoying every step of the process, but I, but I want to keep moving forward. Mm-hmm. So um, getting back and, you know, again, again, like we were saying before, getting a chance to put Mercy sort of in a new venue, a new setting and put it through a, some new paces, so to speak, and just advance and develop her character and their relationship with Molly and, and, and the other characters in the world it's just, it's like, it's, it's, it's a, it's an exploration that I'm in the middle of doing right now. And you know, when you're exploring something, you want to go around the next, the next corner, see what the next vista is. And uh, it's just thrilling to be able to have this big world for me to explore and to share with everybody. I love that description. Go around the corner and see the next <laughs> vista. That's perfect. <laughs> well, in addition to the new worlds that you're uh, building there, the rest of the world, uh, you've also been adding some wonderful new characters to the Trekker universe in the recent books. So if you can, without giving away any spoilers, tell us about a few of the new characters that you've recently introduced us to who will be appearing in Hunter's Moon. Well, um, Mercy will be, with Mercy will be uh, Molly and uh, Captain Quig, the, the captain of Dark Star Zephyr, and uh, their pilot, Tonson Obit. So that's, that's basically the, the cast that will be with her. At the same time, I've also recently introduced, as you know, a couple of other characters, uh, Sheriff Pell, the sheriff from the Chapel Town story, who um, became pretty good friends with Mercy and Molly there. He's uh, crossed paths with a, a, another with a young woman who's an agent for Rigel, that Jason Bolt's outfit, and the two of them are um, beginning to have a little journey adventure of their own. And it's it's so it's fun. I can um, the primary focus of the story, of course, as always, is Mercy and what's unfolding for her. But I'm starting to have a few of these um, sort of secondary story threads with other characters, and we'll be taking little cutaways to touch base with them and develop their own little adventures and the idea that everything of course eventually interweaves and dovetails together so and getting to spend some time with uh pell and iphigenia iphigenia Tsu is the name of the the young woman that he's uh crossed paths with and um getting to work out and play with the dynamics of their interaction and relationship and uh, put them in an adventure where Pell is definitely a fish out of water. That's always a fun thing to do as a storyteller. I've, I've done it to poor Mercy many times, and now I'm getting to put Pell through his paces as well. Um, and, and it's a chance to explore, again, a couple of other characters who are quite different than, than Mercy or Molly or Jason Bolt or these other characters. And uh, it's just really fun to be able to expand the world this way, and partially by seeing it through the eyes and experiencing it with completely different characters. Fabulous. And I love all of those characters. So I'm excited about the idea of getting to see more bits and pieces of how they fit into this world. And I will say you've also been showing readers lots of new locations in the recent stories that are very far from New Gallif. And I wonder mm. what you like most about building the rest of the world for Trekker. Well, we've touched on it a little bit, I guess, but uh, it's, it's just that sense of 
uh, again, there's just new vistas to see. And, and, and it's, while I have an inkling about the sort of story or a sort of tone or atmosphere that I'd like to summon up or create in this world, getting to actually get in there and, you know, do the actual physical, so to speak, construction of putting it all together. Because as I do that, I'm discovering new things as well. New things occur to me. What sort of a vegetation you want to have here coming up with a, um, a color palette or a color scheme that seems to really add some depth and again, more atmosphere and flavor to a, to a, to a scene or a setting or a story, just new things to explore. It keeps it fresh and, uh, and keeps me sort of pushing against the edges of what I'm comfortable with doing, which is what keeps it the most interesting. Well, that's a fabulous description. So uh, I know that you have a lot of wonderful help on these books from the amazing Jeremy Colwell and Caitlin Mike mm-hmm. and others, but primarily you're the writer, penciler, inkler, colorist, and publisher. So what do you like most about that? And what do you like the least about that? <laughs> I'm also the letterer. Um, that's right (laughs) so what i what i what i like most about it is i guess it's just that the only restrictions i have on what happens in trekker are the limits of my imagination and my abilities as a writer and artist and that is an incredible luxury that i think very few creators have at our disposal. I also think it requires, if you're going to do a story that's really satisfying and successful, a lot of sort of self-discipline, setting up rules for yourself, limitations, standards, you know, um, to, to play, to work within so that your story has some sense of structure and doesn't just spiral into self-indulgence. And I think luckily for me, I think I was locked in with a pretty, pretty solidly time-tested formula or story structure that I that I started working with and uh, from the beginning I think that helped me to keep what I think is a pretty disciplined approach to things I, I, I would like to think that everything I do in Trekker feels like it belongs in that world and makes sense there that's that's the basic rule I try to follow so I love that I love the fact that I get to explore these things and kind of follow my own nose <laughs> <laughs> within within the fact that I have a story structure outline for the entire series and so that's that sort of self-imposed discipline gives me a set of rules to play within. But within that, there's plenty of room for improvising this and and stumbling upon some new, new improvisational element I can throw into a tale there. So it's, it's a great blend of those things. The hardest thing, uh, the thing that I like the least about it, I suppose, is just that um, sometimes having all the responsibility on my shoulders gets a little wearying, Uh but it would be fine it's really not the jobs that you just listed other, other than the one of publisher. Um, that's the job that I sort of know the least and um, has been the biggest challenge as I've taken on that task of going to Kickstarter and self-publishing the books is having to learn sort of the nuts and bolts of that sort of stuff. It's all been fun and engaging because I'm doing it for something I'm as passionate about as I am about Trekker. But you know, in an ideal world, as I said earlier, I just want to write and draw my stories. I'll do whatever I have to do to do that. <laughs> and I love running the campaigns. I surprise myself to find out how much fun I actually have in really running the Kickstarter campaigns and, you know, interacting with, with fans and readers. And um, uh, so it's, it's all been great. It's just there's an awful lot to do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I admire so much in what you just said. And I would say your campaigns are fun. I always enjoy seeing, you know, what clever posts or things that you've done on social media, Twitter, Facebook, wherever, um, and then love seeing fans chime in and share their enthusiasm with you. Absolutely. 
So yeah, there's lots, always lots of nice, unique posts that you have. Yes. <laughs> well, I have what I think is a fun question before we wrap up. I'll say that 2020 has been a year filled with many challenges with lots of travel restrictions, and many of us are looking forward to being able to simply take a vacation in the near future. So if you could, if you would pick a character from the world of Trekker and tell us where they want to go and what they want to do on vacation when things get back to normal. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great question. Um, well, the first thing that comes to mind is um, uh, I, think, uh, I think Molly would take mercy and go to the Outer Hebrides Islands in the north of Scotland and track, and track down this Scottish musician that I've just recently discovered named Judy Fowlis. And um, I think she, Molly would want to track down Judy Fowlis and, and jam on some traditional Scottish music and, and have Mercy be their audience. <laughs> wow. It's like a musical journey, a musical quest. I love uh, yeah. it. And also, I mean, I've, I've seen some, some um, images from, from up there in, in the north of Scotland, and it's breathtakingly beautiful scenery and uh, just wonderful land. And I think, uh, <laughs> obviously, it's a place that I wouldn't mind going myself, but uh, I, I, can just see, I can just see that be the sort of thing that mom would say, you know, you come on, Mercy, here's where we're going. <laughs> you may need to go for research purposes for a backup story. This is my, my I like vote. That. I like that. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. <laughs> I just love that. For someone who loves to share your, you know, soundtrack Saturday sort of posts, uh, that's a perfect answer, Ron. I tell you, perfect. So um, we certainly always love talking to you. I never wanted to come to an end, but we don't want to get too diverted from the focus of the interview, which is the Kickstarter. So please remind everyone about the details of the campaign from, you know, where to go and when to go and just so everybody is ready to go uh, get on the campaign as soon as they can. All right. Well, the campaign uh, for Trekker Hunter's Moon, uh, it's running from September 29th to October 29th. And you can go to trekkerkickstarter.com uh, and check out, uh, check out all the action there. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. <laughs> Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Thank you so much, Ron, for taking time to speak with us. But before we go, let me ask if there's anything else you want to say to your fans. Um, you know, the only thing that I, I can think to say is that, as you said, this has been an incredibly challenging year. And um, I am always grateful that, that the fans and the backers have, have come to Kickstarter and allowed me to continue telling Mercy's stories. But it has never meant more to me that I've had the chance to, to keep doing that than this year when I have been able to sort of lose myself and throw myself into um, preparing to fulfill the, um, the Complete Journey hardcover Kickstarter campaign and, of course, writing and drawing this, this brand new Hunter's Moon story. Um, it, it's it's just been an absolute blessing to have that world to explore and, and to throw all my passion into. It's a way to, to avoid the darkness that, that seems to be around us so much. And, uh, uh, and then having a chance then to bring it out and, and hopefully help lift a few other spirits when they read the story. If it's a good exhilarating tale, as I hope it is, <laughs> I'm hoping that, um, that I can give back a little bit of the, the gift that, that the backers have given me uh, by, by telling a damn good story. <laughs> That's a fabulous response. Again, top notch. Gosh. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, guys. Next up is Trekker Transmissions, where we share the listener feedback we received since last time. 
First, we want to thank Ron for taking the time for that wonderful conversation, and we want to thank everyone for their efforts to promote the new Kickstarter. And we want to thank all of you for your feedback, which adds so much to the show. So a big thank you to everyone who took the time to write in or get in touch through social media. Our friend Paul Hicks wrote to say, Really enjoyed your last few podcasts, Darren and Ruth. Glad to hear you putting out more. John Baker said, At last, my Sunday has meaning when he saw our latest podcast posted and he commented that he liked the short video promo we made for the episode. Lynn Randall enjoyed the little video as well, saying bravo. Of course, being Ron's wife, it isn't surprising that she's a big Trekker fan too. Tim Price, the podcrasher, was excited about the Volstock payoff, writing to say, I just read it, and what a great story. I love the kid's point of view, especially his perspective on Mercy. I enjoyed experiencing it with you guys. Thanks, Rad, and thank you, Tim. Mark, a.k.a. Green Lantern HG, wrote, What a great episode, guys. And I'm not just saying it because I got a shout-out, he said with a grinning face and smiling eyes emoji, but you never stop surprising me. And that story... People who don't read Trekker have no idea what they're missing. And he continues, I know Ron Randall shared a selection of his favorite songs. I couldn't help myself, and I played some songs while reading Trekker, and it's been a fun experience trying to fit the songs to that particular moment of reading. That's terrific, Mark. I'm so happy you sampled some of Ron's favorite music while reading Trekker. He'll really enjoy hearing that. Austin Appleby wrote, Another great episode. So fun and enjoyable to hear your voices talking about one of my favorite things, Trekker. Congratulations on a toast to Mark, a.k.a. Green Lantern HG, for all his supporting contributions. Very cool. And thanks again for the time and work you both put into bringing this together. Your enthusiasm and joy continue to be consistent with every episode you do. We want to close with a special thank you to Thomas Ahern, also known as the Mist Explorer. He is a new follower, and he gave us a great shout-out with a fun Follow Friday on Twitter promoting Trekker Talk. Thank you, Thomas. Next, we want to extend our Trekker thanks to everyone who supported us on social media since the last episode. These are people who liked or shared posts from us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and we sincerely appreciate all of that support. Before we start, let me say if we miss a name, please let us know and we'll correct it in the next episode. And also forgive us if we mispronounce your name. Just email us and let us know and we'll correct that next time as well. Aaron Humphreys, Austin Appleby, Brian Ng, Brian Mulvey, Brian Payne, Chris at BTO and Back Books of the Professor Frenzy Show and Memory Minute Mondays, Clinton Robison of the Coffee and Comics Blog and Podcast, Creator Talks with Christopher Calloway, Cullen Stapleton from the Worst Comics Podcast Ever. Dan Beer. Derek William Crabb of the Fan Holes Podcast and History of Comics on Film. Dr. G. Man of Nerdology of the Pulp to Pixel Podcasts. Dusty Boyd. Ed and Terry Moore of Till Productions. Edward Kinsey. Eric Rivera. Jerry Green of the Professor Frenzy Show and Bedtime Stories. Green Lantern HG. Hunter McFalls. Jared Albrecht, the Yard Cell Artist. Jeff and Rick present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack. Joe Crawford of the blog for the Non-Discerning Reader. Jonathan Schaefer Haynes. John Baker, who does sci-fi TV reviews at 3 of By Space and Beyond the Rim. John Souter. Karen Williams of the Sweet Between the Pages blog. Katie Artistry of After the Shifting. Artist Ken Solo. Carrie Crenson. Lance Barnett. Laurie Sutton, former DC editor and Dragon Con friend. Leonard Peterson. Longbox Crusade Podcast with Pat, Jared, Jason, and Delvin. Matt Jackson. Mark Adams of the Mark's Mess Podcast. Michael Chen. Paul Hicks of Waiting for Doom and the DC OCD Podcast. 
Philip Axo, Professor Allen of the Relatively Geeky Podcast Network, Randy Andrews, the Sci-Fi Guy of Soundtrack Alley, Randy Hall, Robert Talbert, Roger Caldwell, Ron and Lynn Randall, Scott Eos Weldon of Weldon Studios, Scott Mix, Sean Holland, Sean Ross of Pulp to Pixel and the Secret Wars Podcast, Stephen Ross, Talk Nerdy to Me, Thomas Clemens, Podcrasher Tim Price, who has the new podcast, The Outcaster, Todd Hansen, Vic Sage of the Retroist and Radio Memories Podcast, Warren Montgomery of Will Lil Comics, Wayne Hall, and William Payne. Thank you all, and we'll be right back after we play a promo for another podcast that you might enjoy. Annual Halloween party canceled. Haunted house shut down this season. Then come to the house party that no force can stop. The House of Frankenstein. The Supermates are throwing their annual bash no matter what and inviting some of your favorite horror stars. Lon Chaney Jr. Anyone who enters here without my permission will be considered a trespasser. Lionel Atwell. By heaven, I think you're a worse fiend than your father. Christopher Lee. Don't use long words, Inspector. They don't suit you. Evil and anchors. We haven't been able to contact Count Alucard so far. Peter Cushing. I've told you before there are times when you shouldn't be alone. Bela Lugosi. He's mine. He don't belong to you. You go away. Barbara Shelley. There have been seven murders committed in the forest of Bandorf in the past five years. Basil Rathbone. But of course I know who did. Haven't you heard? The monster. <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland. Maggots, Michael. You're eating maggots. How do they taste? And Boris Karloff. <laughs> Plus a few party crashers. Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet? No, it's a pretty cool place. If you're a Martian or a vampire. And some amazing friends. Dragon time! Worst thing! Let them take care of your friends, my dear. <laughs> I'll take the robot, you take the wolf thing. Good. I've always had a way with animals. So RSVP to fireandwaterpodcast.com, iTunes, or Spotify, and don't miss the one Halloween party you can count on to be scary in a good way. Not the 2020 way. The House of Frankenstein. Jeff and Merck present Unpacking the Power of Power Pack, where we journey through each issue of the most underrated Marvel series of the 80s while drinking beer, analyzing awesome and amazing adolescent adventures, and absorbing alcohol. We got kids with powers, we got villains with attitude. We got superhero guests, like all of them from the Marvel Universe. We have thematically appropriate beer reviews. We have good jokes and bad song parodies. One stop for all your Power Pack pod-pleasing procurements. And we got alliteration. Find Unpacking the Power of Power Pack wherever fine podcasts are played. Before we go, we want to provide our contact information. Please let us know your thoughts through email, Facebook, or Twitter. If you want to contact us directly or have something you would like to have read on the show, then please send an email to trekkertalk at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram using the name trekkertalk, and you can visit our website for links to all of our social media pages. And that web address is trekkertalk.com. Thank you, Charlotte and Catherine, of the excellent Mark's Mess podcast for that clip. You can listen to our show through Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and all of our episodes are always available at trekkertalk.com and at radadventuresnetwork.com. You can also find the show on YouTube as part of the Rad Adventures Network. That's Rad, R-A-D, which is short for Ruth and Darren. On the Rad Adventures YouTube channel, you'll find all of the episodes of all of our podcasts, including Trekker Talk, 
as well as Xenozoic Xenophiles about the Cadillacs and Dinosaurs series Xenozoic Tales by Mark Schultz, and Warlord Worlds about the comic creations of Mike Grell, including The Warlord, John Sable, and Green Arrow. If you like the show, please consider leaving a review. Every review helps the podcast be more likely to show up in search results. And on YouTube, we hope you'll subscribe to the channel and give us some likes on the videos. Remember, at TrekkerComic.com, you'll find a new page of material every Monday, as well as links to all of the ways you can follow Ron Randall. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you'll come back next time for another new episode of Trekker Talk. Talk is a proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. For more information, visit comicspodcast.com. We are not affiliated with Dark Horse Comics or Ron Randall. The views expressed on the show are solely ours. Music is taken from the album Royalty Free Music, Movies, and Videos from the Royalty Free Music Club. We make no money from this podcast and no copyright infringement is intended. Music